Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Hi, guys. A quick update before you listen to this incredible episode with Tracy Morrissey. Yes, I did say incredible, and I'm the host of the show. Um, Just a quick update. Uh, When we recorded this episode early Friday afternoon, we were reacting to breaking news that reportedly Tiffany Moon was quitting Dallas, as many people gleaned from a change in her Instagram bio, which changed back immediately before we started recording. Tiffany has since put out a statement um, referencing the racist attacks coming her way by the Westcott family. It says, in part, the insinuations the Westcott's made in those tweets are reckless, defamatory, and appalling. Dr. Moon is a professional in every sense of the word and is deserving of the excellent reputation that she's earned as a physician and as a hardworking mother. These attacks on her character will not be tolerated. The Westcott's would be well advised to keep mentions of Dr. Moon out of their social media feeds. That was a statement given to Variety reporter Kate Arthur in an article I've posted on my Instagram at Dame Galley. Um, At the end of the article, Kate Arthur references that Tiffany did not... um, was not interviewed for the piece, but a source close to her says she has not quit the Real Housewives of Dallas. So when you listen to this episode, we were under the assumption, as many people were in the Bravo community, that Tiffany was leaving the show. It may not actually um, be a full departure, uh, certainly not yet. So something to keep in mind as you listen to this episode, and we hope you enjoy it. Have fun. 
I care about your opinion as much as I wash my hair almost never. <laughs> if you're gonna blow smoke up my ass, make sure you buy the pipe from me first. Oh my God, you guys, I love a woman who's selling me her smarts and humor and items available for purchase all in one <laughs> tagline. <laughs> you guys, it's episode 219-ish. I think it actually might be 218 or 219 or 246, whatever the fuck it is. It is going to be great. Uh, it's Andy's Girls, and I'm so excited to be joined by one of my favorite guests. You know her as writer, producer, host of the podcast, Pot Psychology, and she's also the owner of the recently launched store, PipeDreams.fun, which includes a sweatshirt that I need to purchase post-haste. That Can you please tell me? You guys, it's Tracy Morsey. Tracy Morsey, sell me apparel. How are you? How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. You know, it's beautiful out. I exercised. Mm. I feel mm. I feel good getting out there. I need to. I've had like one of those weeks where you just need to like lay in bed for six days and wonder <laughs> where your life has gone terribly awry. But I had a friend yesterday who was like, let's go for a walk. He's like the guy that we tell each other, like, let's go for a walk. Let's go for a walk. And we go for a walk. And I was like, honestly, it's so pretty out. I think that's yeah, but I just don't feel like I am able to take in the gorgeous weather. Like I'm not in a spiritual place where I can take that in. But I am as soon as we're recording, we're recording this Friday afternoon-ish. I'm going to go for a nice fucking long. I'm like, I'm it's really nice at out. both it's both it's so nice and I'm at both ends of the spectrum like I don't moderate anything in my life opinions mm -hmm. steps literally anything so I'm that person who will walk 10 or 11 miles a day or I will literally not move for a year like yeah. there's no middle ground yeah my my there's um no my steps on uh, um, in my health app are very varied it's like all over the place sometimes they're like nineteen thousand, and then sometimes it's like you did 900 steps today oh yeah no I have done 78 step days after <laughs> a 30,000 step day like it truly doesn't make any sense but this is our current world so um so it's like gorgeous in New York. So I guess I'll get my steps in and then I'll post it on social and be like, look, guys, I got my steps in. That's how I keep myself accountable sometimes is my IG story. Social media. Yeah. yeah. It's terrible, <laughs> but it happens. It happens. And then it's like, it's not that I'm jealous when people go to walks, uh, go on walks. I used to be, but now I'm just like, oh, that looks nice for them. Like they're having a nice <laughs> I love fun that for journey. them. <laughs> I love that. I totally love that walk for them. Um, so how are you doing? When was the last time you were on Andy Scrolls? I feel like it was yesterday, but it could have been eight months ago. It's one of the two. It was definitely after I had COVID. So oh, yeah. definitely in 2021 at some point. Have you gotten vaccinated? No, not Are yet. I still have okay. antibodies, so I'm straight oh, right my. now. Because I just like every time I'm like, oh, should I go do it today? And then I'm like, mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to need a day off like the next day. Like, and mm -hmm. I just can't afford to take a day off right now or, or to like not be like bringing my A game yeah. each day. So I'll get around to it. I'll, I'll probably do it within the next week or two. 
I mean, it is also, you know, it's like go at your own pace, too. You know, you live a safe life, which is like yeah. a fun way that we talk about our lives right now when it comes to safety uh, during COVID, um, which is just like COVID safety on top of the 900 myriad other ways that women need to. Exactly. <laughs> attempt to be, keep themselves safe uh, or attempt to stay safe, however you look at it. Um, so, I mean, we were talking for a hot second before recording about what a wild fucking week this Housewives has been. Week. Yeah. Right? Where it's like not so much the content that we're watching on TV, but the stuff that feels like its own Housewives TV arc online. It'll it's suck if they don't cover crazy. this on Dallas. It'll suck if they don't cover it. I mean, let's start with that. Tiffany changed her bios this morning on um, Instagram and Twitter to reflect what many people took as the strongest possible indicator that she has left the show. She changed her bio to previous cast member of hashtag RHOD on Instagram, for example, a short time after after the Bravo Sphere lost its collective minds, my mind included, she changed it back to cast member of RHOD season five. Um, but a lot of people felt like not the damage has been done, but we the news is out. We know what this means. We don't know why she updated her bio again. My guess is that like ring ring someone called from bravo hq and was like um you need to give two weeks notice (laughs) we're not we're not done with you quite yet i have a feeling Um, they backed up the truck for her i bet they came back with an awesome offer because it would be it would be awful if they were if they lost her as a cast member over more racism you know they already had an asian racism fucking Scandal. scandal now they're now we're in like the midst of another one that's being like televised you know and not just televised and it's all over social media it's like they they can't they can't afford that and she's a good cast member she's mm-hmm. like she has she has the money she has the wit you know she's actually she's like she has a lot wittier than every single person on that um cast so it's a, it's it's a little she's a little bit out of her league in that in those terms you know Yeah, it sucks. I mean, Page Six just uh, within the last hour came out with their confirmation that she has quit. So it does (coughs) appear that this is some sort of permanent decision the network will handle in some sort of probably terrible way. But the thing with Tiffany is like she was never allowed to be a housewife. She was always a representative in all the worst, most uncomfortable ways. And it was such a cringe fest for so many people to watch her try to navigate this and come into so many boundaries, run into so many boundaries that the cast seemingly strategically put in her way where like she was never really able to have fun on a franchise that supporters would call in some ways, I don't know, I guess some sort of fun where these women pretended that they were or were genuinely interested in fun. It always felt like their fun, quote unquote, came at the disservice of essentially enabling and allowing a woman of color to have and be in charge of her own mind. And that's just like, 
it's not pleasant. And if you've been following, you can go to my social on Instagram because there are a couple of strongly worded. But if you've been following what's been going on online this week, Cam put out a podcast that she and Carrie have both been heavily promoting where they call Tiffany a cyber bully. Cam's husband, Cam's brother-in-law, I guess is incredibly oh problematic. He's I sort awful. of stay away. His name is Chart. That's so gross. I know. Listen, his mom <laughs> probably knew. His mom looked at him and was like, yep, this is unfortunately a chart. Um, but I, I try to stay away from the brother-in-law stuff because it's someone who's trolling and looking for attention mm-hmm. and he's not on TV. And mm-hmm. there is an element of like, I don't necessarily this person is just looking genuinely to troll and he's not a husband or ca- or related to a cast member in the sense that like we see that relation mm-hmm. play out on television. So I feel like I have no choice to kind of put that aside a little bit when it comes to like my focus when it uh, with talking about these women or even interacting with them online. Um, but Chard has said some stuff. He tagged Tiffany's hospital and some tweets and, uh, not just implied, but essentially stated that she was treating her patients while drunk because what, how, what? He's also, gross. he's the exact kind of person, by the way, who I, I did a quick perusal of his Twitter account who mm. like um is so anti-cancel culture and is like, cancel culture needs to stop. And then he's like fucking mm. tagging someone's cancel. work, getting her and then, and then celebrating Chrissy Teigen's line getting pulled from target. He's like, he's like that. It's he's not against cancel culture. He's just against other people that don't believe the same things that he believes. Yeah. He's against selective accountability. And when there it you comes go, to that's his... a great way to say it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. My brain's working a little bit. I guess it's because I haven't moved in so long. That it's raring to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, court then Cam's husband, who has appeared on television, um, put out a couple tweets that are real bad, including one that references the Holocaust mm. to support his narrative that he believes that Tiffany Moon is racist against white people, which is so problematic. And honestly, if you understand why it is good for you, and if you don't, I actually don't know how I can help you in your endeavor called life. I mean, it's so easily understood that a white person. They also thought said she was being racist towards Asians because she did an impersonation of her own mother. So they did. Yeah. They're pulling it all avenues of how can I use my power and privilege as a white person to shame you for essentially not also being white. That is that is the the end game that I see here playing out. And it's gross. And it's just it's one of those things where it's like, why are we talking about it through the lens of housewives? Because this has become so ugly and gross online that it is a distraction from talking about the show and it also leaves some content creators myself included uncomfortable about amplifying Dallas in any way because it feels like these women said in a performative way at the end of the reunion that one of their big regrets was not speaking out Mm -hmm. when racism was lobbed 
uh, Tiffany's way or when they felt like they were silencing her from responding or whatever uh, their narrative was, it feels like, well, this is a perfect example. You know, the reunion part two went up this week, as did these terrible, ugly tweets. And what are you guys saying? Nothing. And not only are you not saying anything. Have they not said anything? None of them have said anything. Um, and, you know, Cam and Carrie have doubled down by saying that that Tiffany is uh, a cyber bully and that Tiffany is cyber bullying. She's a cyber Cam. bully because she's like smarter and gets better digs. Like Cameron yeah, w- went online yeah. and fucking compared her food to dog food, like compared compared like a cu- cultural Culturally like Chinese dish. Yeah. Chi- Chinese food to, to dog food and that her dog food was better. Like, how is that not cyberbullying? She's using social media to insult someone, you know? Yeah, these women all seem to have a lot, take a lot of offense when they use, when the term bullying is used. (gasps) Oh my God, is that Cam outside? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's, I think that is a huge part of it. Like Tiffany is very smart, very quick. Tiffany definitely, P.S., is like engaging with them online. Tiffany has no problem defending herself, but there comes a point when someone is repeatedly accusing you the only woman of color currently on the franchise as being racist against white people and is essentially inspiring, shall we say, their hordes of followers to follow suit. I mean, why is nobody saying anything? And I feel like why is the network not getting involved? They do that all the time with casts. They do that literally all the time with casts when stuff gets too heated and they're not doing anything now. Um, They might be doing something behind the scenes. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm not counting Tiffany out yet 100% mm-hmm. because this happens a lot where they change the things in their bio and then it goes back. Like we've seen that with Tamara. We've seen it with Kelly Dodd. We've seen it with other people and then they end up coming back. Um, so I'm not like totally counting Tiffany out. I bet that they're scrambling behind the scenes trying to deal with stuff. And um, probably it's some, it's someone is, is probably has been having a tough week at work. Um, I have to say that sources have told me that there has been radio silence, that they haven't, they didn't reach out to Tiffany at all. They haven't done anything really? behind the scenes. Yeah. And, and wow. somebody, but not yeah, even somebody, any of the producers. Not not anybody in a position of power willing to in any way um, uh, make this somehow better or really to me there's a difference between somebody sliding into your DM not to say that any of this has happened but there's a difference between like Joe producer sliding into my DMs being like oh my god this is so terrible and somebody contacting Cam and saying this is not okay what so you has guys no need one to contacted Cameron from I from what I have heard there has been no interaction. But that could be completely wrong, and um, and I don't know. But I mean, the, it might. The, court's court deleted his Twitter. Court either deleted his Twitter or uh, they suspended his Twitter temporarily because of a lot of um, action Complaints? that was like out of form com- compared to his following, which I guess happens sometimes if like an account is being swarmed with um, action that feels. Uh, like it could be some sort of like spammy thing. Sometimes allegedly they suspend it for a hot second or he could have deleted it. I know that he's on Instagram, but it's a private account. So 
I don't know. I it's I just, have a it's feeling gross. he deleted it because he he did he was understanding of the fact he's he's understanding of optics at least because when he found out from Cameron that Le, that mm. Leanne had said some racist shit in Thailand. He was like, "Oh, you have to distance yourself from that." So I wouldn't be surprised and yet he's if he doubled down on this. I know, but I wouldn't be surprised if like after a while he was like, "Oh, this has gotten out of hand," and then just shut it down, like because he has like other his business and all this other stuff, and he must have, you know, because the reaction was so strong, so he probably was like, "Oh, yeah. I don't know." That's that's what I'm getting. Like I I it doesn't say that it doesn't say that the account was suspended, right? It just says this user does not exist. No, yeah. So it could have been him taking it down. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's wild to me because this was actually referenced during the reunion. A, a large part of the reunion was about the uh, ways that these women have tried to hurt each other online, the digs, the jokes, whatever else, and trying to understand how much is too much, like when you go too far and understanding that different people have different boundaries. And it's just so kind kind of interesting to me in the sense that Tiffany does literally say at one point, like, you are more concerned about being called a racist than your racist behavior. And mm -hmm. that to me is emblematic of the ways that the Westcots have behaved online, adding in that they have become increasingly increasingly combative with Tiffany and have behaved in ways that kind of tell me like, well, at least now I know who was helping Cam strategize. Like this makes sense to me. Court feels the way that his wife does. I think he was the one coaching her behind the scenes. Yeah. And that's sure. why it came off so poorly to so many people mm -hmm. because it is that kind of tweet of trying to <laughs> tell Tiffany that she thinks similarly to Nazis. Like what? Yeah, it's wild. So stupid. The thing is, though, is that all of this is real and it's all common. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that it's good that this is like playing out. Obviously, it's not good that like they're racist or whatever. But this is the kind of stuff that I'm sure that Tiffany has dealt with in the past that a lot of people of mm -hmm. color have to deal with. So, you know, um, I understand if she wouldn't want to like continue on the show just because it's too emotionally difficult to have mm -hmm. to like deal with that in your life she has a full-time job and a family but um and she doesn't need the money but I do think that this is why they need um diversity in the casts because you know seeing what this looks like I think is important I think it's also why accountability needs to happen, especially when we get into these really cringy areas, why there needs to be strong allies in the cast, somebody using their voice who isn't more scared of being of saying the wrong thing than they are doing the right thing. And, you know, I posted about it and there was a big reaction immediately when Tiffany initially cho changed the language in her Instagram bio. And somebody commented and said, the sad thing is this is a realistic depiction of what happens in everyday lives for minorities, especially women of color. They are continued to get pushed and bullied out of spaces. They can be the smartest, kindest, best person to walk into a room and a situation with critical insight that will bring value and it will still not be good enough, still not accepted, still not protected. Yeah. I mean, are we, but are we like surprised that these women in Dallas are a bunch of racists? Because like that just, 
No, I'm not surprised at all. I would have guessed that even before Leanne or before Brandy or before any of it, you know, that just me, that's, I guess that's me stereotyping, but like a bunch of rich ladies from Dallas, I, I am not shocked that they are not right, racially sensitive. I am annoyed is my count, not counter, but I think my response is that I'm annoyed because so many of us respond, remember their horror, uh, which was slightly performative in the sense that everybody was okay staying quiet after Leanne's repeated racist behavior toward Carrie until they found out it was going to be used for plot. (laughs) And then they all like did the absolute most to talk about how horrifying it is, blah, blah, blah. So I think having that in the recent rearview mirror plus Brandy's video would make me think that these women would attempt to, if it's all about optics, I would genuinely, I am surprised that nobody is in any way interested in the optics of what it looks like when an Asian woman in her first season mere months after a viral video of a current cast member goes viral because of you know this racist video against asian people i am surprised that truly nobody thought at any point wow this isn't great to stay quiet and that they came to the realization on an episode that aired hours before or after yet another round of attacks against tiffany and none of them are using their voice. Like, I don't know. I haven't been following Deandra's social. I just look. She's not. So anything. I keep her out of this in my head. But for the rest of the cast, it's just so deeply gross. Also, that reunion was tragically bad. The reunion? So I don't know what. Yeah, I, I don't know what happens. Well, after I mean, this. I don't know. I mean, I think that they should resolve it just to, like, let it. The thing is, is that to just. Like the the answer, I don't think the answer is to just um, act like it didn't happen and yeah, yeah, or like just throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. Like sort of what it seems like what they did with um, Vanderpump rules Mm. instead of addressing it or discussing it or, you know, making it part of a conversation, making it a a plot. I think it's an interesting storyline. But that seems to be like what Bravo's approach to this stuff is. I mean, this stuff, it's going to be messy. It's going to be like as they've tried. I mean, I'm sure they're 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 probably in their minds are like, this is why the shows were segregated before. Um, But, you know, we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll watch what happens. I think a large part of it, too, is like as when and as racist behavior is seen, I think what a lot of people are upset about is not necessarily the initial behavior itself, which is, of course, upsetting. It is the fact that there has never been a counter. And that is something that the Bravo universe is trying to put out there as like a PR mechanism that like, yes, this is something they're interested in. But it feels like the real strong counters when it comes to any kind of action, racist or otherwise, are really used in a performative way against black housewives when they do wrong. I mean, it went a little bit viral this week that it looks like, you know, Bravo has edited out um, Kenya's quote unquote costume, which was appropriating culture from uh, the Halloween episode of this most recent season of Atlanta. And it comes on the heels of their of their staying silent about anything that any non-black housewife does wrong. And it's just really unfortunate that they seem very invested in 
publicly and from a content perspective holding black housewives accountable and don't use that same energy with everyone else well they got rid of leanne and then you know they did have the discussions with brandy i mean brandy that was rough at the reunion you know first of all she was backlit her makeup and her looked like shit (laughs) and then why didn't they tell her to put the lamp behind the camera and why then, did they have a fucking ring light? Why they couldn't? What? Yeah, they couldn't just run down to like Best Buy and grab a ring light real quick. Leave it outside her door. That's what I was thinking. In. Yeah. So there was that, and then you know, then you know, the revelation that she drank well into her second trimester, <laughs> drank heavily, was taking some kind of pills. You know, when she had that like pill meltdown, and then, mm-hmm. um, and then the thing with like the husband's video. That, you know, she definitely didn't explain away like she like broke down about it. And then I felt really mm-hmm. bad for her when she said that someone sent it to her daughter's private oh my God, Instagram terrible. account. That's yeah. so shitty. That's so shitty. I'm guessing that that's the reason why she announced that she wasn't going to be doing the show anymore. That's why who announced? Brandy. She announced Brandy it. announced she wasn't doing the show anymore? Yeah, she announced it back in like December, I think, before she even gave birth. Oh, so she was saying like Jesus... Um, be my I'm not in any way making fun of her religious uh, choices but she did have a post where she was talking about uh, holding close to her faith I think was the end of the game but she left the door open it wasn't a hard a lot of people took it myself included initially as being like oh she's leaving but it sources close to her said later that she hadn't made a definite decision and Carrie I think was one of the people who commented on the post who was like I support you whatever decision you make because I don't think a decision has been made but I do not think she's coming back I don't I think she's like game over this isn't it for me I'm going through too much and I don't think she should come back I don't think it's actually good for her I don't think it's good for her or you know us yeah Um, no it does seem like she was piecing out it, the language sounds like she was, and then she had sources say after that it wasn't a hard and fast exit, that it was her sort of like gingerly opening the door, but she was doing it, the timing of that, timed with the most uh, weird eps when it came to her behavior with Tiffany. It was like very closely aligned together, so there is the way to say you're tapping out so that you possibly can diminish some of the responses of like people trying to hold you accountable for what's going on Mm. with certain episodes and she was getting ahead of that and now here we are I mean like who even what's left of Dallas now like what's left I I still enjoy Deandra and her cast of characters that she brings around her mother her um weave uh slash shaman guy (laughs) um I think that, like, I don't know. I still think that, I mean, they need to do some, like, real recasting. I think mm-hmm. that Deandra's worth keeping around because she does seem mm-hmm. to have a lot of good connections and stuff. Um, and I enjoyed this season for the most part. I thought it was. Did you? I did. I thought it was, like, kind of fun. I mean. Oh, shit. Sorry. <gasps> Just oh, my the chair. God. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um. I thought that, like, uh, there was always something to talk about. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when, like, Brandy puked with, from the crickets on the pizza and when Carrie threw uh, 
you know, Tiffany into the pool and she couldn't swim and just when, and Tiffany having to leave mm-hmm. early and Brandy crying about stuff. Like there was always some kind of drama that kept me engaged. Um, you know, uh, Carrie's drinking, which I'm excited to see, mm. you know, <laughs> play out. So I don't know. I thought it was okay. I don't like, here's the thing. I don't expect a lot from these women. I know they're all bad people, you know, like they're not They're You don't get like super rich like that by being like a great person, you know, unless you're like Oprah, mm. you either, you know, like, I mean, look at like mama D she like admitted that she like hunted a man with money and went out mm-hmm. and got him because of his money. Like, and I think that that's, you know, uh, probably what a lot of women do in those situations that like marry into wealth like that. Like, I don't think that they're accidentally marrying into wealth. Who the fuck would marry court? Why would a six foot tall woman marry that little troll? She is gorgeous. If not for his money. I will give her that. She is beautiful. I I, mean, she's so ugly on the inside. I dislike it. And I also hate pink. So, I mean, pink is like, you know, just we're going to battle covering yourself with with pink. Pink is an identity for her. It, like it's just so annoying like women who do that who are just like pink's my favorite color and everything is pink and blah 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 blah. it's like that's not a personality type like that's not a quality that's just you know your favorite color uh, yeah no it shouldn't pink sh- if pink is your identity and she literally was posting while all of this stuff is going down with court on twitter she was posting to instagram stories photos of her posing with her dog trying on like diamond collars in a pink hoodie mm. that said pink oh is punk and oh my God. while I do agree that pink is not the only identity, as a pink apologist, I <laughs> love the color. I think it is a beautiful color. It's so feminine. It's so fun. It's so pretty. I have so many dresses and so many shoes and so many different shades of pink. I think pink is powerful and strong. And like <laughs> pa- justice for pink, justice for the color pink, which I think is wonderful and perfect this time of year from what I've heard from people who have been outside. But um, yeah, I think if pink is your primary, here's the problem. Here is the problem. And I got into this. I have literally gotten into actual fights with people. <laughs> Who I know in my real about life pink? about Cam today, oh. about about pink, about Cam, whatever. Maybe not about pink, but about Cam or whatever. Today I'm like coming in hot. Um, it is that time of the month for me to drag <laughs> someone in text messages <laughs> unnecessarily and then regret it three hours later. But um, the thing with Cam is that Cam presented herself. This is what a friend said to me, and I'm going to try to paraphrase him terribly because he said it in a much better way. Um. Cam is presenting herself as this woman who's like bubbles and champagne, she, 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 pink, Mm -hmm. fun, feminine, yada, yada. And now we under, we understand now the cost of that pink lifestyle. We understand now what's bubbling underneath and what she could have done after the reunion was shut down the other stuff, knowing the reaction that she got from some people, other, a lot of people supported her, but from some parts of the viewership who were upset about her you know calling Tiffany a racist or whatever she could have shut it down and focused and redirected back on her caricature presentation of her life but she didn't so now she's trying to do both she's trying to say oh I don't know I live in my little bubble of pink and puppies and pretty and that is all in who I am and then also do and act in these ways that are a distraction and the biggest way to burst that bubble she's trying to now navigate both 
which for a lot of people will forever change their understanding of her pink world because now we are seeing a part of her which is not only not it's not about being like cam show us the human it's like cam why aren't you more humane yeah yeah i don't know i think that i always kind of thought she sucked and she always talked too slow for me I do like when she does the nodding thing where she's like hearing words for the first time <laughs> and she's ingesting them in her brain. Or she's just like, you know, um, I had in school, which I really disregarded when it came to where I sat in class, but I always kept it in mind when I went to spin of like sitting in the tea of learning where you should like sit in. There's some testing or whatever that shows that, you know, if you sit in the front row or the of any classroom or the middle row, that's like the people that get the best test scores because it like has to do with how you're like looking at the board or whatever the fuck. And it feels like Cam sometimes thinks that nodding her head gives off the reflection of learning where she's just like, she's sitting here. She's nodding. She sometimes closes her eyes. She's (laughs) understanding what's going on because she's shifting her body accordingly. And if she does get it, that's almost kind of worse. Yeah, no, she doesn't get it. I don't think she gets it. I think that she's like does this thing where that Bethany pointed this out before that you can't play um, Mm -hmm. dumb and smart at the same time. You can't play smart and stupid at the same time. So she kind of tries to do that. Erica Jane tries to do that. Um, and I actually like really dislike that. I dislike it because I don't, I don't like when women pretend to be stupid and I feel like she probably does that. I mean, does that a lot? Like that's probably a, a part of the dance in her relationship to like make him feel like a bigger guy. Cause he's so little to, cause if she like also that's, I think that's why she's like never seen an electricity bill. Um, but she's just like, oh, I'm so stupid. Like you handle that. I'm not good with numbers. I like super dislike those kind of women. see like a place for it I do feel like that gets into like gender roles and marital roles in a way that I actually find interesting I don't know what that says about me I think it's like a curiosity where I'm like let me see that play out because I it's not that I wouldn't do it morally I actually anything is possible at this point in time it's that I am too quick and I don't mean that in a positive way like I would be too reactive to do that like I wouldn't be able to play that part because I couldn't stop myself from saying something exactly and that doesn't make me a better person or better partner it just means that like my foot is perpetually put in it's why I have so many shoes it's like always in my mouth so um I don't know that that would be you're just independent and opinionated so yeah, I mean, but I mean, I'm we okay saw with- Kenya try to do that, just mm. that, and she couldn't do it. So, you know, it's just if you're an intelligent enough woman, you it in in this in 2021, it is like really difficult. I I mean, it for me, it would be absolutely impossible to just you know, you know, just let someone take the wheel in my life, you know. 
And yet I say that as someone who I don't know that I, I'd love to try. I, I don't know that I, it would be a good fit for me, but I do think that she has every right to make that choice. If that somehow works for her and it's like also what does working mean? If she wants to make that choice in her relationship and that is something that she is comfortable with and she's getting something out of it and she gets to define what the value of that is. It could be financial. It could be from a quote unquote society perspective, that thing that they love to say season one mm-hmm. and a half of Dallas then there's something that she's getting out of it. The flip side of it is, of course, which is to me an interesting transition to the other news of this week. What does it mean when you go from very traditional relationships, which don't end well, to chapters and periods of your time where you seem very interested in being an independent person and looking for a partner and then are seen by many people as making a choice to regress, which is to me what's happening with Portia and Simon. I got into this at length on Clubhouse, and I don't know if I um, spoke in a way that made as much sense as it did. (laughs) Like, that's like literally, I was like, in my head, I was like, let me tell you about the assist. And then like the output was, is what that was for like three hours. But, um, Portia seems like somebody who started off as a very traditional housewife and a very performative version of being a traditional housewife on Real Housewives. And then had this, you know, couple years of really being an independent woman or looking to be with someone who felt like more like a partner or something else. And then the announcement came out because of a post she put up on social media that she's actually engaged to Fallon's estranged, soon-to-be-divorced husband, Simon. This older guy with a lot of money who, who knows that this is in any way true, but reportedly you know, was interested, is interested in her moving out of the country with PJ or something. And they're engaged. And she's so Portia's now engaged to this guy who we barely know, but does appear to be somebody who is looking for a very conservative style role in his wife. How do we feel? Um, do you agree? P.S. That could be uh, I could be full of shit. Please I, tell me to go fuck myself. I'm just wondering if she just just fell really, really hard in love with this person. Totally um, possible. Because, you know, I um, when I got engaged and got married, I got engaged like mm-hmm. literally after like three weeks, two or three weeks of dating someone. And then we got married like a year <sighs> later. So and now we're divorced. So, <laughs> But we lasted a while. Um how long were you guys together? Seven years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, a kid. That's a huge amount of time. Um, and I was in it forever. He's, you know, but he, um, you know, was cheating and, you know, um, mm, so then, you know, just like that. So I, that was to me untenable. But, um, you know, uh, you know, there was just nothing that could stop me. I, I felt instantly in love and mm. so did he. And there was just like no standing in the way of that. And, you know, we just, we, we, you know, we just did it. We just got married. There was like no stopping it. So I actually really understand that like mm. timeline of, mm-hmm. but, but we didn't tell people about it for a long time because we knew it was crazy. So we, 
um, kind of kept the lid on it for like two months or something to, and it still sounds crazy at two months. Uh, I would never do it again. <laughs> I would never, you know, agree to spend the rest of my life with someone I just met ever again. Cause that has a huge set of problems with it. And it, you know, probably won't work out, but I understand that you can fall that hard in love with someone. So, I mean, maybe she just fell really, really hard in love with him. I mean, I was having this conversation with people on Clubhouse yesterday when it came to like, why is Portia making these choices where she she seemingly gets into relationships where she falls hard and fast. And this happens repeatedly. It happened with Dennis. It happened with relationships prior with the um, athlete who she threw like a party for or something and it went a little awry because he was like why are you doing all of this for me so soon mm. when it she has had a number of relationships and there was a conversation almost a thesis of is it because she is interested in chaos and my counter to that was I don't actually think that's what it is I think the result sometimes is chaos but I think she is really uh, interested in a connection with someone and making a connection and making the stability happen in her life pursuant to her romantic relationship. And like, this is someone like Dennis, like whomever she dated before where she meets them and it's like an instant yada yada. And she goes straight to the end and there, you don't need to like figure out who this person is or get to know them. She's going straight to the like okay you're my forever and I do wonder if that has something to do with the ways that she looks at relationships and looks at her partner that other person as providing for her safety and security which doesn't need to be related to his financial worth you know does she have daddy issues what do we know about her dad such a good question he did die. Unfortunately, he passed away of uh, problems related to treatment for leukemia when she was 17 and Lauren was 10. She's talked in recent. Lauren is seven th- years younger than she is. They seem like they're yeah. like, wow, support. they seem yeah, like they're yeah, yeah. the same age ish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's talked in either on episodes of Housewives, but I was doing some research yesterday And she's talked about the fact that because of her father's, first off, because her parents had split up and because of her father's um, uh, and having to kind of juggle, you know, going between both worlds, her mom's uh, house and her father's house, navigating that as a child of divorce, and then also losing her father at such a young age and also such a formative age Mm -hmm. to be a 17-year-old girl and dealing with this kind of tremendous loss she discussed the fact that she found herself in a lot of or in some abusive relationships Mm. because she didn't know what love looked like Mm -hmm. or the 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 what she deserved in a partner so she would date these people who were like skeletons of a boyfriend when this person sure is providing some sort of affection, but it's coming at a real significant and dangerous cost. And I wonder about that in the sense of being with someone who's immediately like, you're the one, you're the one and not 
knowing each other, that can sometimes work out. You hear of these stories of people who meet and they get engaged in 20 minutes and they're married for 10 years and 15, you know, like it's, you hear about some success stories, but with Portia, it does feel like a pattern and it's to me of some concern. Yeah. I mean, she'll probably be okay. How old is she? Like 37 or something? Yeah, like mid-30s. Very um, young. Very, very young. She also might feel like she has to move quickly to have another kid. You know. That could be it. Um, that, that's, that plays a role in things. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I But she seems happy. She does seem happy. The other part of this that just makes me nervous, because I reacted to this. With but she, like was a, she what? actually really friends with Fallon, or is it that's just like a set up thing on the show? Well, I mean, she's definitely implied by and by implied, I mean, like explicitly stated that she and Fallon aren't friends. Um, it was used. I mean, a lot of people pointed to and shared the lower third of uh, Fallon's mm-hmm. entrance to Housewives this season and like it says Portia's friend yeah, but, but a lot as of that so is many of bullshit. us know yeah. right a lot of it's like we know each other because production was like oh this person is joining <laughs> let's go to coffee or lunch yeah, yeah, with yeah. Fallon it, it appears that really the, the close friendship or real friendship was between Dennis and Simon and Portia and Fallon probably knew of each other but mm. they were really connected because their partners significant others were friends or close friends or whatever yeah. Has Dennis said anything about this? I don't know. Uh, Dennis commented with approval on a post that Portia put up on Instagram of her sur- in the center with Simon on one side and um, Dennis on the other. And Portia has also said that they're very focused on co-parenting and mm-hmm. it seems to be very friendly in that way and I actually think like could use to both of them I really do believe that they are so focused on PJ having a great life and with parents who have a healthy relationship with each other and I Mm -hmm. think that's commendable regardless of what happens the other part of this it's like just a little concerning to me is I'm just nervous from like the traditional roles of it all what this will mean for Portia's work like I'm hopeful that she stays on Atlanta or if she leaves Atlanta, that that's a choice that she is making and not something that her partner is suggesting she do. I'm just I'm a she, little nervous. I don't think she's leaving Atlanta. I don't think she's leaving Atlanta. There are rumors, though, that she is. But those rumors exist at all times when she I don't got know, a, we're bored or something. She got a three special deal before. She, yep. And did they do the third special of those specials? So she got a, she had the baby special when she Mm -hmm. was pregnant. And then they just announced this week that she has another three part special that's going to be about her life, which is uh, incredible. And a lot of people are hoping it will include all of what's going on now with, you know, Dennis and Simon. I'm just, I just don't want her to, my, my only nervousness for Portia is like, she's so successful. She's doing so much. She's coming out with a book. She's got chat room. She's got Atlanta. She's got all of her work with social justice. I just don't want her to be in a position where she's with a partner who like doesn't want her to work. And I don't know that that's what he wants. I have no idea. I don't know this person from Adam. I, I only know what it was that we saw with Fallon, which appeared to be a very traditional relationship 
but that might have been what Fallon was interested in too. She may have been interested in traditional roles and that worked for the two of them. And he's he's I feel specifically like the, choosing someone like Portia. Yeah, tell me. Da- I feel like the danger of like someone like like the distrust for me would be in a man like that like gravitating so quickly to a real housewife and then like wanting to lock that down is that he's not going to want her to stop working. He's going to want to use that platform to his advantage in some way, you know? So I think that like, you know, the danger is like him being like attracted to the the fame, you know, or something like that. He did put up an Instagram post, I think yesterday where he offered $50,000 and also 25 to anyone who was able to give proof that he had cheated on Fallon between a set period of time, which listen, if I had any receipts or a receipt of the receipt, listen, Simon, give me a thousand dollars just for saying your name. Number one, surely we can monetize, but also that made me feel it was like such a throwing money in the air that I'm like, Oh, this feels a little gross to me. It feels a little bit like a guy who's very ready for the what, life. What ahead. is his business? He has many businesses. I think something has to do with oil. Oh. Then he has a bunch of smaller businesses. He's an more entrepreneur. Than hot, more money than hot dogs then. Uh, allegedly a significant amount of money. Definitely more money than hot dog. Okay. And, who, who, and who knows how much money hot dog has. And also, I do not believe any site that appears to be celebrity no. net worth or spiritually no, no, no. celebrity net worth. So there's a, a number of $40 million that I've never seen based on any actual data. Yeah, so none of that's who knows? real. None of that's real. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you think that Portia will definitely be back? Yes. I do. I think contractually she probably has to be. I bet that the three deals, the three special deal or whatever was to like, she probably has to do at least like another season or another two seasons. Like she's probably locked in for a period of time. Wait, so I'm confused about the three special deal. So do you think that that is dependent on her staying with Atlanta? Yeah, they probably got that. They connected it. Is that possible? Yeah, for sure. That that was like part of her contract, you know, in order for her to sign, like she probably was, you know, there, there was probably just like a lot of different negotiation going back and forth and to keep her on the show because they they absolutely would have like done anything to keep her on the show, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, giving her her own specials and then like probably like saying like, oh, this could lead to a spinoff and then it would just be you. So she's definitely going to be coming back. I Like, there's no way that they would have given her three specials if she wasn't locked in for the next season already. What do you think the future of Atlanta looks like next season? I don't know. I hope they do a real big reboot. They need to get rid of more than half the cast. I love Marlo. Marlo can stay in her position now. Or if they give her a peach... I would love that too. Um, Kenya, hmm, I'm kind of done with her. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm done with Candy. I'm done with Cynthia. (gasps) Yeah. What? Wait, what? Wait, if you say you want to keep Drew and get rid of Candy, we're going to have a conversation. No, no, she's not good either. Um, Why do you want to get rid of Candy? Tell me, you need to break all this down. Why get rid of Kenya? Why get rid of Candy? I think she's just like kind of boring. She like, I don't know. I, I, um, 
she's just there's not a lot of her own drama that goes on she just sort of like goes in on other people's drama or discusses other people's things like I don't know I'm not really like that excited about the stuff that's like going on with her I don't know I just like I'm not that drawn to Candy I think that she's run her course on the show um they need someone who she has too much pull as well and I think that she does a little Mm. bit too much producing um Cynthia is the same for me um I just think also that they need to get the women a little bit more on the same page age-wise. They need to like age up or age down. They they need but they can't it's just so um you know like aunties and nieces like that's just mm-hmm. like I don't know. I wouldn't be ha- I don't hang out with women who are, you know, in their like fi- late 50s. Um and I'm in my 40s. Like I, it's just not I don't know. And I don't hang out with women that are in their like 20s. It's well, I guess sometimes I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> But for the most part, I, mean, I don't. We're talking. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, it's just like it's it's just they're not. It just feels so far away from what it was initially, which was like these women mm-hmm. who were in this social circle that actually knew each other. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's gotten so far away from that. It's just like, now it's just like women who are cast onto this show to do this thing. And, Mm -hmm. um, it just doesn't feel at all organic and, um, it's has lost, you know, the funny. I would love for Sheree to come back. I also think that they need a messy white girl like Kim. Like, I think that they need (laughs) something like that or like an Asian woman. Like, you know, I think that. That would be interesting to see because it was great when Kim Zolciak was on. Like she brought a lot of mess. Um, and, you know, um, I when they were like they had women on who were like actually like, you know, married to like football players and things like that. Like it's I, I'm fine with like it being like such a like a secondary like the men aren't that involved or they are kind of involved, but they're not the main thing. Like it's the women who seem to be like the breadwinners in this these situations, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I'm just I got really bored. It fell off a lot. I um I weirdly missed Nini even though Nini was so awful last year. Mm. I did miss her. Um because she always at least spiced it up, you know? Um, mm-hmm. She was really negative toward the end, but she was really, like, going through something. I mean, she still apparently is. I mean, I don't really know mm-hmm. what's going on with her. And she's, like, for some whatever reason, decided to burn those bridges at Bravo, which Very is publicly. really stupid. I think she has a lot of anger. She has a lot of anger about being devalued. And there's some elements of that where I get it, where I think she's right. I just, it was painful for me to watch it play out so publicly because I was concerned about the burning bridge of it all. That was concerning to me. When it came to like married football players, though, Portia's the only housewife that I remember who was married to a football player. I think when it came um, to people. Lisa Wu Hartwell. Oh, um, yeah, and her Lisa ex Wu. was Keith Sweat. Oh, my God. And not just Lisa Wu, but um, Deshaun. What's your? Fa- Thank you so much, Deshaun. No, wait, was he you're, basketball? So you're really going b- I don't sports to me. It's all the same. And there was Sheree. A ball involved. Sheree. And Sheree. Just kidding. Just I'm completely full and of shit. Ultimately, Kim Zolciak. 
All right, so seven people. <laughs> so I was like, you only thought of one, and then you said, here are 16 examples specifically, and I can give you their marriage certificates as well if you would like. Also their um, contracts with the NBA and NFL. Uh, yeah, that would be interesting to me, but I don't, I don't need another Kim. I think. I think one Kim is enough for a lifetime, but I oh, do. She understand. was so good though. And she was like sitting in her car playing her song for Sheree and had a glass of wine in the car, a glass of wine and a cigarette. <laughs> the only no housewife that, that openly smoked on, on the show. The only one I like loved it. There has been a couple where like you see them having a cigarette and it's like kind of hush hush. And they're like, it's just mm-hmm. in a really stressed out situation where they don't give a shit that the camera's there right, right then. Mm-hmm. But Kim, every episode was, is, was smoking. I uh, that I mean that was like that was iconic. So remember there were, when Kim remember when Kim had that um not plastic surgery but the like the muscle fat stuff done and she was eating a Domino's pizza while doing yeah, it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was getting like she was getting like infrared whatever With, like, done for her cellulite. <laughs> I mean, she was re- really a ridiculous person mm. and like a character. And so was Nini and um and you know, Sheree. Um mm-hmm. You know, Marlo to me is like that, and Portia is like that. Drew is not like that. I don't think Candy is like that. Cynthia has been boring to me for a long ass time. But the only good thing about Cynthia was that she was sort of like the connection with everybody, you know? Like she was like everyone seemed to be on good terms with Cynthia. So she was sort of like the the linchpin for a while. But don't you think you that we need or that Atlanta when there are so many characters, there can't be only characters, right? Like I think the 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 candy of it all is like um I don't know, like a slice of lemon in a tall glass of seltzer. Like you need to have a little bit. There's so much bubbles that you need to have something to cut into this a little bit. And I do think that I she guess. can be explosive. But I, I think there's something powerful in someone sometimes observing what's going on. I just I really do think that at some point they have to be put out to pasture when they've been <gasps> on the show for too long and they're a little too in on it and they're a little too producey and they, you know, manipulate situations and they're they're used to the fame and they're used to fan reactions and they they they're mm-hmm. calculated and they know how things are going to be looked at or interpreted. I like when they are not self-aware. I like when they are not in touch <laughs> with like what they're saying or doing. Like for instance, like Ramona to me is someone who is totally not self-aware. She's not in on the joke. She um so she, and I, you know, I don't think that I think she just sort of like she's just id. So she just like kind of just goes with her gut. And I think Portia is actually the mm-hmm. same way. Like they're just going with their gut and Candy and like maybe Cynthia and certainly Kenya are a little bit more cerebral and are like, you know, calculated and planning these things out where to the point that it's like, just not like I can, I can see through it. So I don't like it, you know? That's so interesting to me. And a historic moment, the first time that Portia and Ramona have been (laughs) put in a similar camp. Something for me to consider and think about and reflect upon for years to come. And I think that Teresa Judice is in that that camp, too, of someone that's like not. I mean, she doesn't even watch the show. So and and, she doesn't watch the show. (laughs) 
that's she, the best part about her, honestly. I, I know. Love I love that journey for her. I know. And it's like she uh, also doesn't have any idea how she comes off. So, and she's not really thinking about optics really ever. So for me, she's like an, an OG that, that can stay, that can, that can, you know, still bring it because they're not so aware of the cameras or not so aware, like they're still being themselves, you know, no matter what. I mean, Ramona calling, correcting her earlier version of saying the help and saying hospitality assistance hmm. and <laughs> which was so quick and it was good honestly I laugh my ass off I know that was Every good time I think of it I laugh so hard because <laughs> the look in her eyes she was like beep beep like completely direct got it got it got it but don't you think Ramona as the apologizer is a vehicle that pure exists purely because of her possible understanding that optics exist she doesn't get how to change her behavior based on optics but she will apologize immediately with fervor as often as she possibly yeah. can to I feel like she does that in her, her real behavior. life when there's no cameras yeah. I feel like she's constantly putting her foot in her mouth and saying something mm-hmm. nasty like whether it's at a PTA meeting or whatever it was and then has to apologize immediately um so I yeah I don't I don't think you know obviously she's like getting a lot of plastic surgery and she looks incredible she looks incredible incredible um they all do on new york honestly these women they do incredible. they do it, they are quickly becoming one of the hottest casts they really they are really, luann is sex luann. On ice, oh my and god i am so into her her body is Williams, unbelievable and her face oh my I god she's ramona great. looks incredible all of Ugh. these women do sonia incredible ebony is beautiful Ebony's gorgeous. Leah, of course. Uh, They're all beautiful. Yeah. I mean, but it's just like to watch Luann become more and more stunning as the years go on. It's just like way to make me feel fucking terrible. Number one. No, that makes me feel good. It's like, okay, it doesn't have to be over, you know, like aging. You know what I mean? Like you can you can still like like you don't peak at 35. Like I feel like she's probably like peaking now. I bet that she looks yeah. better now than she did at 35. Well, we know it. We've been watching her. She's in her <laughs> mid-50s. We've been watching her since her maybe like early 40s. Maybe I don't know. Math is hard. But um, maybe <laughs> I am like Cam. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I think that she – I think she's just becoming – they're just so stunning. They're, it looks like they're glowing. These women look like they are fucking a glow. Yeah. And it is – wild to see what are your thoughts on new york so far this season from what we've Mm. seen from two episodes the second episode i found boring um i'm excited for the heather fight i'm excited for you know some of the things that are coming up it's new york so it's always gonna have something to offer like Mm -hmm. ramona's always gonna say something luann's always gonna say something um the Mm -hmm. fact that they're staying at ramona's house for like five days in a row or something five days that's incredible that's that a lot of shit's gonna go down that's incredible um and I you know I have to say I was getting kind of like tired of Sonia for a while and Mm. now she's back in the house Mm -hmm. and I am like as frustrating as it is I am still I still want to see what the hell's gonna happen like why won't she sell that goddamn house like why won't she just like let it go like she wants to nobody will buy it She's it's desperate to sell because it. Because she won't cut the price. Like she will not. She has lives like she shares a wall with a parking garage. It's not like 
the best, <laughs> you know? I mean, I think she has cut the price a couple times, but nobody's willing to buy it. What, what is it now? Or what has she cut it to? The last I saw, a it dollar? was like, I think it's it a was dollar. like 11 million and then she cut it to 9 million and then she wouldn't go lower than 9 million. I mean, is this a good time to tell people to join the Patreon? Maybe we can buy an Andy Scrolls clubhouse next to a parking garage in, on the Upper East Side. Um, I don't know how much the house is currently being offered at, but I know it's significantly less than it was when it first went on sale. Okay, now it looks like it's at, I don't know, this is as, oh, it was at 1.10.75 and then 8.75. It looks like she took off $2 million in a quote-unquote COVID discount in a year so she went from 10.75 in march of 2020 to 8.75 in september of 2020 i mean two million dollars is a significant cut it is but people still don't want it you know why because there's probably well because it's right next door to a parking garage i'm curious like you know i mean there's a lot of work that has to be done to it i'm sure i mean the the kitchen is so outdated it's like so early 90s. And she's put in money. She's put in money to get it into a place where they could even get people to um, want to rent it long term, which I think is what she would have continued to do, except COVID happened and nobody is necessarily interested in a long term stay or wasn't certainly during the time in which New York was shot, you know, looking to spend 30K a month. It just wasn't a, it wasn't going to happen. It's just not. It's the real estate market in New York during 2020 was real, real rough. It still hasn't rebounded. You know, we're still going through it. So, yeah. I mean, 8.75, I don't know what a deal is. I do love million dollar listing, but like, I don't know, like, I don't know what a deal is for a townhouse on the Upper East Side. She does have that beautiful back area. Yeah, but, but the garage is right next door. Yeah, but the is right next door. <laughs> I mean, it sucks because this is like her biggest asset that she still has from the divorce, and yet she's not able to cash out. And I mean, she had a bunch sad. of other assets, and she kind of blew it when she got involved in the movie industry. <laughs> yeah, the French, the French, the chateau in France would have come in handy right about now. I I have to say that she had to sell to. Oh pay my god, her. you can book, you can book an open house. You can book a house tour. Let's book a house tour. Do it. Do it right now. Book a house tour. What are we doing? We're an recording. in-person house tour. With who? The real Her estate agent. agent. I would be into that. Yeah. Do they? But you know how with some fancy stuff, they like have to um, confirm that you're a real buyer. Do we think that Sonya's I can person do it. is doing that? Yeah. I mean, I own my house. Oh, do it. Please do that. Can you <laughs> set that up for us? And I'll be recording the entire time <laughs> I would be very into it um can I get your thoughts on the Heather and Leah of it all why why is this happening why does Leah feel like she needs to stand up for the people in the cast she doesn't actually like <laughs> against Heather why is that I think happening? she just doesn't I think she just doesn't trust her because and I, I I get it like I wouldn't trust someone that was you know telling tales out of school like that um I guess it's like, don't talk about like shit that goes on when the cameras are down. And that's kind of like what Heather had been doing on her podcast. So 
And she, she, Heather doesn't really like Ramona or uh, Luann. Like she's, you know, said as much. Definitely does not like Ramona. So the fact that she would go on the show again is like just proves that she's just a total phony just looking for a paycheck, just looking to get back on the show. Is there an AG slid into my DMs and I'm so sorry I don't have your satchel in front of me right now, but I'll get into it on Patreon. Is there a world in which some of this animosity towards Heather comes from like the business side of it all? The like streetwear competitive spirit, except, you know, Heather did work with like P. Diddy and huge stars and creating brands and there's some sort of competitive spirit from that end or do you think that's no not related to Mm-mm. this do i don't think, think it's, it's related at all focused? yeah i do i think it's um all about uh i think that um leah is like pretty secure in her mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. in in mm-hmm. things like that um but i think that you know she is just like what who is this like phony that's like coming on and that's interesting. I mean, it'll be we have to see like how it unfolds or like what mm-hmm. exactly happens. But um, that's, you know, kind of what she said was the reason. And I believe it. You know, that's so interesting. I didn't think of it from the sense of like, why is this person participating on this thing that she has said explicitly she doesn't like? I mean, I think that's yeah. a really valid point. It would be like Carol coming back this. Season. Exactly. Like, what are you doing? You've said so many times how fake this is and how phony this is. Why are you coming back? I don't have an answer for that, which is my favorite thing. Like hmm. that's a really interesting point. Why okay. is Heather coming? I, Heather doesn't like the show. I I'm happy she's coming back in whatever role. It sounds like it's going to be pretty short, but yeah. What? Why do you think she is coming back? Do you think she misses it? I I mean probably probably misses the the like the boost it gave to Yummy Tummy mm. or whatever it's called. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Yummy tummy. <laughs> you know, I did, I bought a slip from that was yummy tummy. It just happened to be on sale at like Nordstrom or something, um, and it was very very comfortable. It's it was a very it's a very nice material. It's um like a full body. It's like you know it cover it you know it covers like a una a leotard uh, not a leotard. Yeah, no, it's like yeah, a like slip, a... but like it's like a almost okay. like a like a mini slip. Like it covers my boobs, and then also it's like short it's not doesn't go all the way down oh got it you know what I mean so um but it's really nice it's um it's nude colored and it's it's nice I mean I do know that she I don't think she's any longer affiliated with the company but I she's not that I think she sold her her stake in it I think I could be completely wrong but I I do believe that Heather is such a smart business person that I'm it's so unsurprising to me that you know, her work, shall we say, is of a high quality because she does seem like someone who is who knows what it is that she's doing, like genuinely, definitely well. Switching gears a little bit, uh, Jersey, mm. thoughts on this season, thoughts on Joe and Melissa. Talk about I traditional this season. values. I really love this season. I really, um, I mean, it started off explosive mm-hmm. and then and, and just like, oh, my God, the fight. When it was one of I, I love a fight at a table when there's more than one fight going on at a time. Yes. That's oh. just like the best. And that happened. Chef's kiss. And then when Melissa threw the cheese and then immediately started cleaning up the cheese while she was still arguing. <laughs> like it was 
just so good. And then like Jackie falling apart and all of Dolores' surgeries and Dolores really came out of her shell a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, just, I really like this season. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think they're going to add someone probably for next season, but like, I think this mm. cast is so good. So I really good. like the way they are together. Um, mm-hmm. the, I'm glad that we got to meet Teresa's boyfriend by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think she's, I thought it was interesting at the end of the season when you know how they have the cards at the end about like what they're doing in their life or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it said that Teresa and her boyfriend bought an investment property together, but it looked like a house that they're moving into. Have you seen the house that she bought? Yeah, it's like this. It looks very similar to her current house, although I know nothing it about probably houses. built better. Um, it looks yeah, a little bit more like Melissa's better. house. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Um, because uh, Teresa's house is a mess of all the different window sizes and mm-hmm. <laughs> like the weird columns right. and shit like that. <laughs> but um, I. I think that that so I don't know if they're just like bullshitting about the investment property thing. I think that is mm. entirely too fast. They have not known each other for a year. She has small children like she has she has girls, you know, to move them into a house with boys like I don't know, like they think it's going to be some kind of Brady Bunch thing. And, you know, it might not be that it's just you have to be careful with that kind of stuff. So we'll see what happens. Also, I heard a rumor yeah, tell me. That, um, and I don't know if this is already like online or whatever, that he left someone for Teresa and he left oh. the person that he was with before Teresa. He had left his previous partner for that person. So, you know, it's a whole like you, you, you lose him how you got him situation. Uh. So, like, that kind of colored things differently for me, you know? Like, that's like that's a red flag to me. Do you think he is interested in uh, being on the show, or what's the what's the feel on this guy? And is are his intentions pure, like regardless of how he, you know, got this relationship going? Or do you think that his intentions are are pure, as pure as they could possibly be, all things considered? I think that he is very interested in being on the show and I'll tell you why. I don't think that a guy gets that much Botox if they don't, if they're not interested in the spotlight, you know what I mean? Mm. So I think that he's probably interested and, and I mean, to go on the shows, I mean, they were only together for a few months and, Mm -hmm. and Teresa was saying like, yeah, I'm taking it slow, blah, blah, blah. But then bought like a, what? eight million dollar house or five million dollar house with him like almost immediately three. it was only yeah. three and she yeah, can't unload that other house i mean that's the thing is like we're really going to double down on house purchases right now when you haven't gotten rid of the first i mean i don't know her financial situation i know that she's like making bank with housewives but i don't i am nervous when it comes to the you know relationship roles traditional nature and also interest in uh, being on tv where do you find yourself watching the melissa and joe of it all how do you feel about the ways that they've explored their dynamic this season i mean she's come a long way since she wrote about marital rape being acceptable (laughs) in her book Mm. um love italian style uh what a mess she 
I think that she's had a lot of growth and she's experienced the world a lot more. And, you know, it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy for him. Like he thinks she's going to like leave him behind. I don't even necessarily know if it's like traditional roles. I think maybe it had been at some point, but I don't know. I think with him, it's like total insecurity just like he's like it was great when she wanted me to come with her and she wanted me to like be at things with her and he's just like he doesn't he doesn't want her to be out without him and it just seems like he is like that seems like pathetic to me I don't know I and annoying I I mean it is interesting that it's like a discussion amongst the group about hyper traditional roles and gender norms and yet you could not be in a less traditional environment which mm-hmm. is talking about your marriage and relationship surrounded by cameras for reality tv so is the environment itself is it even possible to discuss maintaining those kinds of traditional roles when the dynamic is so antithetical to that in the sense that like the wife is the star of the show, not the husband. It's not a story being told through his eyes. He is always going to be second banana on housewives because he is not the housewife and he is not the star, you know? So I wonder how much of this is him battling the fact that he understands that when it comes to New Jersey, like as in real housewives of New Jersey, Melissa is of more value and interest. It's really Melissa's story. That's primarily supposed to be told. Yeah. But he has a big part in it. He does have a big part of it. He's more important than any other husband than any other husband and more, uh, understood or watched or valued Jersey values, the stories and participation of the husbands more than any other franchise. Absolutely. Um, uh, and a lot of that can come with a positive light. Um, Teresa went to watch what happens and said that what she thinks the answer to this is, uh, involves Melissa being more attentive and, um, affectionate, like outwardly affectionate with Joe. Like she said that that's sort of how they were raised. That's what he's interested in. That's the way to kind of calm him is to just give him a lot of affection so that, he's able to kind of calm down is that do you think accurate oh no I feel like she's like pretty affectionate with him um I mean didn't they like fuck in a bathroom like on a like a boat stop and when they were in the Dominican (laughs) Republic remember that they like they like stopped the boat on like an island to like it was when Caroline was still on the show and they stopped the boat on an island to like have like a a campfire whatever like they took the catamaran out and then they like went and got changed into different outfits and they like had sex in the bathroom like he just like it kind of grosses me out how he just like constantly just like always wants to have sex like he like demands Mm -hmm. it every single day and it's like go jerk off just go jerk off you know (laughs) he's got poison he's got that poison he needs to release it and the only way to release it he's so needy uh, that to me is like a huge turnoff. Someone that's that needy. Do you think um, Teresa's more? Well, I mean, I say this. It's yeah. Do you think that Teresa's more independent than Joe? Yes, absolutely. 
how much of that do you think is related to the lessons that she learned by like going away to camp and the dissolution <laughs> of her marriage versus just growing and maturing somehow through life and time, I think rather. though even before mm-hmm. she went away that um she was independent in her own things like she did her mm-hmm. own things probably because Joe was her husband Joe was disinterested in doing mm-hmm. things with her because he was busy doing whatever else and um she seemed like she was allowed to like have her life and like kind of do whatever and and she did mm-hmm. you know she was very involved in like being a stage mother to to Gia mm-hmm. she um you know had her girlfriends that she hung out with and I think that that's what seems to be different like Joe Gorga seems like really just attached to Melissa like he wants them like the fact that like he caused that like hissy fit because she walked to the car without him like she walked straight from the restaurant to the car instead of like waiting for him that was like such a bizarre fight to me it was like that kind of shit would drive me absolutely crazy like that would cause a divorce like that kind of stuff it's wild that they're idea of wanting to be really connected to each other which I do think was a joint idea for one period of time has become somewhat toxic considering like look at the other relationships on New Jersey like I would say that Marge and Joe Benigno 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 they call him Benigno but I thought that it was Benino Benigno. and that's how Benigno. you would say it in yeah Italian. I think it's Joe but ben- I think it's Joe Benino I'm like the worst Italian ever um Joe B Joe the super they're pretty connected Jackie and Evan are pretty connected jen and bill aiden a uh, new light of everyone's lives are pretty connected <laughs> yeah. so what does it say that joe and melissa stand out for being like the oddity when everybody else they're all in pretty you know 24 7 style um can't stop loving you marriages yeah you but know? i don't think that i don't think that joe benino gives like he doesn't give margaret a hard time about going out and doing her own yeah. thing and i and i think that that um bill probably encourages yeah. jen to get out more because she is probably was so busy with all those kids before i mm-hmm. think that you know uh that and, and it seems like evan doesn't have an issue like none of these guys have issues with their wives going out and doing things without them like none of these guys have issues with their wives walking to the car without them <laughs> it's like joe's attachment um he he's so I don't know what attachment condition it is, but it's definitely a, not a good healthy one. Bill Aiden, just an absolute mensch. First off, <laughs> Yellow Diamond, wonderful. The presentation of it, wonderful. Jen's reaction is one of my favorite reactions <laughs> of anything I remember in recent history. The line reading of like you've got to be fucking kidding. Whatever the actual line reading was, <laughs> fucking wonderful. And also Bill. As Joe, Joe tried to push back and be like, you're just drunk. But Bill drunk, regardless, saying to Joe Gorka, you're not listening. You need to listen. You're not listening to your wife. Like you're just. And of course, Joe Gorga isn't able to listen to Bill Aiden saying you need to listen Mm -hmm. was like chef's kiss. Wonderful. Because watching the the journey of Bill Aiden from his first season to where he is now has been really honestly very enjoyable to see and it just like watching Jen and Bill almost like fall in love with each other again or 
us understanding a little bit more about who they are as people and how that influences how we think about their relationship, which did initially come off as extremely traditional, Mm -hmm. has been great. That's been a great evolution. Well, it's the thing is, is that like, I'm not against a traditional kind of marriage where, you know, the woman does, you know, takes care of the house and the kids and the man earns a paycheck. I'm against the idea that the woman like wouldn't be able to exist without the man mm-hmm. or that she shouldn't exist. I mean, Joe Gorga thinks that people, women shouldn't exist without a man in her life. Like he said that Dolores was broken um, because she doesn't like have a marriage or whatever. She's unable to like get this guy to like commit to her in, in, in a marriage. It's he, has just like all the wrong ideas about women. So of course that's going to cause tension in a marriage where Melissa is, you know, slowly but surely becoming more independent. And, you know, it seems like she's always been smarter than him too. So, you know. It feels like Joe attaches the idea of identity to a woman both as a wife where that is your identity that is who you are right like your identity is tied to who I am as your husband and man and then also attaches the pressure on a wife's identity if the husband isn't happy so not only are you seen through the lens of your marriage is it successful does it still exist but also if the husband is not does not feel like his identity is seen which may be viewed as separate than her she doesn't have the benefit of that independence that she is to blame which is a warped yeah. in the um warped view in melissa's book i mean which is awful but like kind of like a fun quick read just to like understand how fucked up their relationship is he when they were first married he made her learn all of his mom's recipes and he would come home and he would like have a fit if it didn't taste right if it didn't taste exactly like his mother's and he would be like an asshole about it and she like wrote a lot about this about how she couldn't get the sauce right and all this other stuff um and then then he like um got mad at her because she decided to get um filler in her lips and then she said she never got it again which is such bullshit she absolutely has filler in her lips now she just like (laughs) does it in a better way probably and also like when you first get it there's so much swelling so and then the swelling goes down after like a day or two um but he was like mad because he was like you messed it up you messed up your your lips and you messed up your face um it's just like that should be her decision it's her body and he like forbade her from getting it again so I bet she has to like do it in secret so there's just he's just um and also like listen didn't he lose his virginity when he was like nine it was so when he said that Melissa knew that he shouldn't say it Melissa was like don't say it yeah but he was nine years old and so scary that is that's trauma that's trauma Trauma is like when like something is like there's too much too fast too soon. That's Mm -hmm. too much too fast too soon. And um, that probably has like there's probably a lot of shit going on there with like 
you know, sexuality and, and his self-esteem is all based on that, which is why he always mm-hmm. talks about his dick, which is why he became a stripper. I mean, it doesn't, it's, it's not, you know, it, 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 it all kind of like, it, it all kind of comes together, these different pieces of the puzzle to mm-hmm. like form this picture of like his, like a low self-esteem that's like based around sexual attention. And it's so compulsive. It feels like the ways that he looks at Melissa and the responsibility that he assigns to her to be a certain kind of wife or to give him a certain kind of affection feels compulsive. And if your sexual experience was that young and that Mm -hmm. early to say nothing of God only knows how old the other person was. I mean, like, it's just a very it had to scary have been thing to think about. A, an older, it had older to have wo- been. How could it not, that how could it be a nine year old girl? Yeah. I, it's just, it's honestly terrifying. And it's a, it is a way to set into your body and your DNA is an exact reaction of trauma. I'm glad that you said that a compulsive set of behaviors that are attached to your sexual identity and how you Mm -hmm. see yourself as a person and you consider yourself at eight years old after to be a man. Like how, how does he talk to people about that experience? How did he tell people in the years to follow what happened? You know, how was that, how was that received? There could have been people who said when they heard that, wow, you're such a big boy or like, oh my God, that's so, you're just such a yada yada where you're, putting a compliment on a really traumatic event and he's carried that with him which is a poisonous to pull from one of his favorite expressions Hmm. way to view sex and relationships and possibly love you know it's it's crazy it's definitely tough I'll say that I mean it's a wild way to look at things and um, I'm curious to see how this will play out on the reunion. The trailer came out this week. I thought it looked great. Um, well, I didn't watch it yet. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's enjoyable. It's actually going to be a two-part reunion, which was shocking to a lot of people. I think it's going to be a little bit lighter of a reunion, to be honest. Maybe. There's been a lot of two-parters um, lately. When was the last time we had a three-part reunion? Uh, was Atlanta three parts? It felt like 10. <laughs> I, didn't, um, I didn't watch beyond the first one. I just was so bored with it. I wouldn't be able if you said, hey, Sarah, I only watched the first part. What happened during the second? There is I could not tell you. And I did watch it at least once. And I have no idea what went on. Was um, Beverly Hills? I think it's Wait, was good. Potomac? Potomac was three parts. Potomac was three parts. I think Beverly Hills was three parts. But also okay. it was I don't know. I could be complete. I it's I lose everything at a certain period of time. It like yeah, you can, only, stage you can only keep so much. Yeah. <laughs> I can only keep so much, but you know, listen, I got nothing but time. Tracy Morrissey, I'm obsessed with you. Um, tell me about the pink sweatshirt that you're selling on your fabulous new store that everybody needs to visit ASAP. I'll include a link to it in the show notes for this cool. app. Um, what's the pink sweatshirt that I'm obsessed with? I just forgot the phrase. It a uh, horrible result of modern feminism. Yes. It's embroidered. You can get it as a t shirt too. So cute. How did you come up with the idea of pipe dreams dot fun? I was just I was trying to make merch for um, pot psychology and I was like, oh, you know, I it because it's pretty easy with drop shipping and stuff. And then I was like, oh, you know, maybe I should sell some like pipes on here, you know, smoking accessories. And then all of a sudden, like it wasn't really like much of a decision. I just like suddenly like had ordered a bunch of stuff <laughs> and mm. like do- was doing a bunch of stuff wholesale, and I just I did it. So, um, 
Yeah, I just now got an email saying I was finally approved for Instagram shopping, which I'm so excited about because that oh, that's great. was really hard to do. God, in, like Facebook and Instagram are really, really difficult to navigate. Like the business mm. manager, I don't know if, if anybody knows how to use business manager, please mm. contact me. My email is tracyeganmorrissey at gmail.com. I will pay you to help me do this because I it's so time consuming and I don't know what I'm, I'm not a developer. So I don't, I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't understand how they allow, like, I don't understand how this is like their business model is like getting all these small business people to do this. Cause you really do need to be on Facebook and Instagram to like make money. Wow. And, um, I, it's so confusing. It is so confusing and I keep getting in trouble and they keep disabling things. Cause I don't, I, cause I keep messing up. So if anyone wants a, a summer internship, part-time job, please contact me. Um, yeah, guys, job availabilities. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> it's like a little bit of Craigslist, a little bit of Annie's girls. I'm very into it. So it's a little bit of, li- it's big LinkedIn energy. And I'm here for it. Um, Tracy Morsey, tell the people how to listen to the amazing pods that you work on, produce, host, and how to follow you online. Um, yeah, I produce the B list and pot psychology. They're both available wherever you listen to podcasts. And I am Tracy Morrissey at everything is Tracy with an IE. And guys, I have been on the B list before hosted by friend of the pod, Pet Shop Boy. It is so much fun. You have to listen. Die for pot psychology. Die for Tracy Morrissey. Mm. If you're not following her <laughs> online, this woman has gone viral how many times? Like 30. The Jamila Jamil alone is. Do I sell Jamila Jamil sweatshirt or t-shirt? Both. Do you? Yeah. Um, no, I, well, I don't call it that. It's called peas and bees. Um, there's a bunch of bees swirling around her head and she's holding a bag of frozen peas. It's based on a red carpet photo <laughs> where she literally oh went on a red God. carpet and held a bag of frozen peas because she had just had dental surgery. Um, oh uh, and so it's an airbrush T-shirt. It's an airbrush of that image. And Have you heard from ten- Ms. Jamil since this went for sale? I have not, but I wanted to point out that uh, 10% of the proceeds from those shirts go to the Bee Conservancy, which <laughs> they provide um, uh, materials for uh, bees hives and uh, like, you know, uh, honey raising for um, underserved communities and like education tools for schools. So they'll like establish a beehive and then the kids learn how to take care of bees. You know, bees are, gl- are dying globally at an alarming rate. And, um, so we're going to help repopulate the earth with bees with this with Pro- this shirt. Protect the stinger stinger is all I have to say. <laughs> Hashtag stinger stinger for life. I am team B and I am team B strong or whatever else. I don't know what to say. Um, guys, if you're not following me on Instagram, what the hell is wrong? Mm-hmm. At Dame Galley so much. So many posts this week about Dallas and other stuff uh can't I there's just too much even for AG classic speaking of uh Patreon episode went up an hour long I talked about the Beverly Hills taglines I talked about Bethany's HBO show which is a mess I talked about so much more um and there's a new Patreon episode coming soon so patreon.com slash Andy's girls the number one way to start 
uh, to start. Oh, my God. The number one way to support the show um, starts at $2 a month and goes up from there. You get exclusive bonus episodes, invites to special events, and can even co-host on an upcoming Patreon app. Uh, Guys, die for you. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. Tracy Morrissey, come back tomorrow. Can't wait to do our house tour. (laughs) Full house, big house energy, and I will talk to y'all soon. Bye-bye.